0: Wow. Penae Sewell, the right tackle, makes the catch and picks up a Lions first down. Are you
1: kidding me? I could not figure out why Penae Sewell was sitting there going in motion. I'm like, what is going on? Why is this big athletic freak going in motion? Oh, man, Ben Johnson, hats off to you, brother. Hats off to you.
0: The Football Frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there? The Football Frenzy. On Cofield and Company.
2: Boy, Lions are one of the cool stories in the NFL right now. We'll get to them in about five minutes. Did you see that play, Penay oh, yeah. Sewell in motion catching a pass? Kind of fell forward, but dove in the right direction. Gets a first down. Aggressive play call. Penay Sewell, what an athlete! Yeah. When he was running, when he was in motion running across, I'm like holy crap, dude's like 6'3", you know, 325 moving like a real offensive player and then no no problem catching the ball
1: i hope that this is, becomes a staple of the offense i'd like to see this happen more
2: have a six offensive lineman on the field not to block but also at times go in motion and catch passes i
1: might pick him up in fantasy too. can we run
2: a bubble screen with panay sewell sure let's go the little guys block for the big guy i might have to pick him up i mean th- the tight end position is uh,
1: pretty much nothing there's like three guys that can do it. What
2: a year for the tight end.
1: So, Panay Sewell would be maybe very beneficial. What
2: a year if you spent a high pick or lots of money in an auction league and you didn't get, say, like even Andrews hasn't been awesome. He's been no. solid. But if you didn't get Kelsey, uh-oh, yeah. get Angram yesterday. What was that? <laughs> Evan Angram what do you have, 11 for 124 and a couple of touchdowns? It
1: was an impressive performance for sure. Uh, and they actually used him. I mean, that's really the, the main thing. Uh, but Sewell, and the, the most impressive part was going in motion, making a catch, but he had to turn to make the catch and then reset his feet. And, yeah, he didn't – he could have probably got more yards, but the ones he got to get to the first down yardage before falling down were very impressive.
2: I'll admit – no, I'm not going to admit it. It's The jury's still out, but I'll I'll admit that I was – there's a chance I was wrong with Dan Campbell, but that's coming up in five minutes. Good coaching. Right, good coaching. At least in this this run. By Campbell, by Ben Johnson who was mentioned on that bite from Fox. You know, as a coach, you have to be kind of malleable. You gotta, you know, you got to adjust to your players. Every every player needs to be coached differently, right? Some guys need coddling. Other guys need, you know, freaking. The threats, the fire and brimstone stuff. You know, we watched um, Hard Knocks. I'm guessing you could coach, I think, Jamal Williams pretty hard. Whatever they've done with him worked, because I you know what's funny? I didn't even realize Jamal Williams was like one of the best fantasy running backs. I guess I wasn't paying attention when he kicked my ass in, in the league we're in. Uh what is he at fourteen touchdowns on yeah, the year? Now they're not using him anymore. So yeah. but anyway, that he had, had that kind of year. You know who's not? Doesn't seem like I'm no expert on this, but doesn't seem like he's very flexible or can adjust the players is the US soccer coach. Greg Berhalter. Um, just reading uh, one tweet about, kind of in relation to this Gio Reyna thing, and we'll explain in a second. Um, this person says, Berhalter has a feud with Brooks, has a feud with uh, McKenney, now has a feud with Reyna, has pissed off this person. And the person says, I don't know about you guys, but there's one consistent in all this, Berhalter. So what happened with Reyna, one, one of our best young players, who didn't really play until the very end, and now... I feel like Reina's fallen on the sword, but what was the, the excuse? What was the the excuse no, was, He wasn't prepped. He wasn't working to get ready.
1: Yeah, this look. I, I'm not the biggest Halter fan in the world, but it does sound like this is more Reyna than Halter. It was you know Reyna shows up and he's in training and not going all out, and they have a uh, basically you know a, a friendly to try to get ready, and he's not playing hard, and the word is he's trying to protect himself from injury uh, because he you know he could have some big big opportunities on the horizon and hey like this is uh it's an exhibition game what are you gonna do it's practice what are you gonna do uh practice if that's the case right i get it and i it sounds like burr went to the you know leadership council which many teams have in the u.s national team it's you know some of the veteran players along with the captain tyler adams and he just sat them down and said what should we do like what do we what do we do about this this is your team
2: so who came up with the notion that they could send him home?
1: So it sounds like the players were like, get rid of him. Really? Get him out. Woo. And Berhalter decided to get him out, and I guess they gave him one more try, and they didn't tell him to do it, but apparently he got wind of what was going on and yeah. stopped a film session and stood up and said, look, you guys are right. I'm not. That's good. I'm not doing it. I'm not going all out. I'm not giving everything. Uh, but And that doesn't necessarily fix it all, but it sounds like, you know, at least it, it repaired the relationship to the point where he was able to come in and play. Uh, the second half of the final game, and um, obviously it resulted in a loss. But they created some opportunities when he was out there. So uh, again, I would say it the is. hope is yeah. that this is fixed by by twenty twenty six. It
2: is hilarious, though, that at the very end he's like, "God, we need him on the field. Like, yeah. let's just try it." So he played against the Dutch.
1: Well, he he did say it was after the second game, right? When he came in just for a couple minutes, he said. Raina's a player that you bring in when you're behind and need a goal, okay? Like that's that's the, that's him. That's what you do with him. And so that, and that's what they did. The final game, they were down 2 nothing, and they brought him in and um, was able to create some opportunities. But that that seems to be what role he envisions for him anyway.
2: Did you see your boy uh, John Murray yesterday at the Westgate? I did. Um, he gave a quote to ESPN saying that uh, from a betting standpoint, it's been kind of lackluster for them that the World Cup this time of year kind of blows for the books.
1: For sure, it's during football. That was always gonna be and the times aren't great either. Um, but they're not terrible, but they're not great. And so yeah, I I expected that it was gonna be decent, but not, you know, blowing anybody away because it's at the time of year. Usually it's in the summer when nothing else is happening. And it's a perfect opportunity for betting on World Cup and this time uh, it's kinda lost in football.
2: Well, that's sad for the bookmakers, but you know, there was real sadness on Friday into the weekend. I even reading it again this morning, I'm like, this is just Awful. We'll get you an update on uh, Grant Wall, who's a longtime soccer journalist who passed away on Friday. There could be a lot to the story. How did this affect you watching this weekend? When you were already a little bit conflicted. I think a lot of people were yeah. with Qatar hosting the World Cup. Yeah. So how were you this weekend?
1: I mean, you know, like you said, I was already kind of there, but I was trying to block it out as much as much as much as I could uh to me i you know before the tournament i compared watching this to like listening to r kelly music where you're like yeah i don't know but i, I still love it and you just kind of block it out and and do it um now it was it was rough I, I went you know like i said i met some friends on saturday morning uh we were very excited started to watch the game and literally a minute of the game i just said i don't know i just don't know about this i'm not comfortable uh, I don't know what happened like I, I don't think you rush to judgment on what happened with Grant Wall, but it's incredibly suspicious. and if they like to, to be that suspicious in a situation like this to where they're in a spot where you would even think that that's what happened it's it's tough to watch. so i'm I'm saying I'm probably going to watch the semis in the final, but I'm not even sure yet. it's just it's it's
2: really bad. Some other football to hit. I'm talking about our U.S. football. Uh, Heisman is handed out to Caleb Williams. They have the whole ceremony. Did you see the video where people were trying to allege that C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, disrespected Michigan legend, Heisman winner, Desmond Howard? That's he should. All right. End of story.
1: Yeah. Screw those guys.
2: The rivalry should exist all the time. Every day. Yeah.
1: I don't like those people.
2: I nearly got attacked at the uh, Buckeye Hall of Fame Cafe. I don't even know if that exists anymore. In Columbus, Ohio. Because uh, someone gave me a Michigan hat, and I really wasn't that aware of the intensity. And an old lady, a grandma, almost beat me up.
1: Oh, it's real. Now, it's real. if you if you watch my this. Dad, when we go on road trips, my dad wouldn't stop for gas. <laughs> he was living on the tradition of the Schembechler and Hayes days.
2: Wouldn't stop for gas in Ohio? Yeah. How do you make it north to south in Ohio?
1: You get it just before the Toledo border, and then... Either, like if aren't you, have, you at risk of running out of gas? No, but if you have really good gas mileage, you can make it through. If not, you have to veer off the route and kind of go east into Pennsylvania and then drive
2: down. Did your father have like a fine American automobile, like a Ford Fiesta?
1: Uh, it was an Escort, I think.
2: It was an Escort. <laughs> yeah. All right, that'll get you. That'll get you going with yeah, the gas. Sure, it's okay. Well, anyway, if you watch the film, uh, Stroud shook the hands of uh, two former Heisman winners up on stage: uh, Desmond Howard. Wasn't really looking, and then Fowler was at the front of the stage, and I think that's where Stroud's attention went to Fowler. So it wasn't an intentional diss.
1: I I hope Desmond dissed him. Don't shake his hand.
2: He plays for them. All right, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Lions this weekend. All right, I'm sorry. After watching Hard Knocks, I thought the big galoot, was going to flop again this year, Dan Campbell. He's a very entertaining guy. They're doing a pretty good job. I don't know if I'm going to say he's going to be around for you know four more years and he actually is going to be a great coach, but he's he's turned the team around. I think the fact that they've gotten a lot out of uh, Jared Goff, a much higher efficiency from Jared Goff, is a positive. They've got more weapons on the way. That was cool to see Jamison Williams, who they rolled the dice on a little bit, see him go out there and catch a touchdown pass. Lions are playing playing pretty good football, and it, it, you know it's incredible though. It is, it is amazing how on it from a power rating standpoint, the books and the people who do the power ratings have been with the Giants and the Vikings. Yeah. They're just not that good, and when you see a Lions team fighting to get to six and seven, eventually emerge as a favorite against a ten win team. That's pretty good stuff. Don't, don't forget to not buy into all the hype of just, you know, win's to win. Well, it's not not when you start breaking down the numbers. It's not not when you're setting numbers at the book.
1: And don't forget Seattle. And they've they've kind of been there with Seattle yeah. too, uh, in the same way. And and by the way, Dan Campbell not only has turned it around, but also kind of predicted this during hard knocks, uh, if you were really paying attention, because he didn't like the way that they were practicing, and especially didn't like the way that uh, you can't hit as much as you used to in the old days, and uh, he didn't like the intensity. And he said, you guys have got to get these reps in. What are you going to do, wait for week eight and then then turn it on? Yeah, they did. That's exactly what they did.
2: Like, Since week 10, they're averaging 32-8 per game. And what is EPA per play? You numbers guys, expect- they're actually six. Set-
1: expected points added per play.
2: Expected points added per play. Sorry, I cut you off there. Yeah. Uh, they only trail the Chiefs in that category yeah. over this run. They've been good. And now they're 6-7. and seven.
1: Been really good. Although now they've been so much better at home and three of their last four on the road. So the stream might be ending, but very good. And by the way, Detroit just can't have nice things because literally as I'm saying that, I notice Cade Cunningham done for the year. So wonderful. Wonderful for the city.
2: And you are actually back in the city right now. Sure. Wearing your Red Wing stuff. Of course. I did this for you. I tied it all together. You're not necessarily a Lions fan. I think think you root for the Lions. Oh, yeah. They're not a threat to anyone. You can't hate the Lions. Yeah, of course. I never got that. Like, people are like, I hate the Jets. Like, why? Leave us alone. <laughs> They're not good punching, ever. Literally punching down. Right. It's like you you, know, you get a little glimmer of hope and it's like, hate you. Like, stop. Take it easy. Uh, we got a big event coming up this uh, Friday. Ford Country, Valley Auto Mall, Valley 6 o'clock, meet and greet. Q Myers is going to be on the scene with Josh Jacobs. It's not just a Q Myers meet and greet. Raiders running back Josh Jacobs will be out there have food galore from Crumble Cookies, Porta Subs, Buffalo Wild Wings. Again, this is Ford Country, 6 o'clock Friday. Josh Jacobs on the scene along with Q Myers and Raider Nation Radio 920, 6 o'clock Valley Autumn, Ford Country with Josh Jacobs. Mark it down. Chips and queso or mozzarella bites for just four bucks.
0: $5 modellos and plenty of other great food and drink specials. Twin Peaks in Henderson is your spot for Monday night football with Cofield and Company.
2: Down the left side He has it knocked away Stolen shot Gilbert He shot front court He shot in the lane He shot underneath Oh my gosh Scoop shot with the left hand is good
0: Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football It's Cofield and Company
2: You know, sometimes you don't need fancy breakdown When you're watching basketball Other than what Curtis did there Where he's like, Oh my gosh uh, Rebels go out. They move to 10-0. First time since the 90-91 team. They beat Washington State. Beat them 74-70. Keyshawn Gilbert on that basket. He had a pretty good game. Yeah. 25 points. He continues to be one of the most improved players in the country. I mean, he's, he's at the top of the charts. I mean, to go from a guy who you were like, eh, you know, just play defense and don't. Don't shoot a whole lot. If you're going to get into the lane, make sure you make a quick decision. Don't get freaking swallowed up or put up a dumb shot. Uh, I, I we really it. we really don't want you shooting from three. And now this year, like I'm watching, I'm sitting there watching the the, the myriad of shots he makes. Uh, early in the game, he comes down on a, I think it was a two-on-one or a three-on-two. He, he goes to the corner, he's almost behind the backboard on a fast break, and just bombs a three from the baseline. You're like, ah! Okay, he made it. Swish. Makes that one. I think the layup that Curtis was describing, he goes down the lane towards the middle of the rim. He winds up having to, like, freaking almost, like, windmill a layup and spin in a lefty layup. Um, He had – I think he had a floater from, like, 14 feet, which was insane, just inside the left elbow. And then the craziest shot – and I asked him after the game what his favorite shot was, favorite make, because there were so many weird makes that he he converted. He had – a shot where he drove down the right side of the lane, was probably about two feet outside of the lane, and he throws up like an on-the-move. It wasn't even a sky. It was just like something from like 1958. Like, I, I want to name a small guard, but I, I can't, so I'm just going to go with like Bob Pettit, who was six nine. but it's just like he drives down the drives down the right side, just full hook shot up off the glass and makes it. I mean, his, his progress, like the team they put together and the fact that they have an identity, they play great defense, they turn... Washington State over 22 times. I thought they actually missed a couple of turnovers at the end of the game. So I think it might have been been even more. Like, their identity is defense, but they're not doing any of this or they're not doing a lot of it without Harkless becoming an alpha and Keyshawn Gilbert going from being, you know, two-point-per-game guy to, like, freaking 15 a game.
1: I refuse to put him anywhere near a list of most improved players. Because you know my feelings on Keyshawn Gilbert last year, <laughs> I thought yeah. I thought from but his he was not first... an, he was not an offensive player. Sure. You have to admit sure.
2: this this level of offense, it's pretty crazy.
1: It's yeah the progress. Yeah, it's it's. If you would have asked me what I expected was the ceiling possible, this would have been. I I thought the guy was incredible last year and showed all kinds of signs of doing this, and he just didn't put it all together. He didn't have consistent opportunities because he was still making a ton of mistakes. What I often said last year was, he is a guy that when he comes on the floor something is going to happen it might be good it might be bad something is going to happen out there there were silly fouls silly turnovers things like that but you could see the ability for sure and it's coming out now it's great and i i think what i tweeted during the game the other day was it is there is not many people anywhere in the country who can create contact and finish going to the rim like he can through through a foul the, at, at getting and once and you saw it time and time again against san diego uh, you're seeing you saw it the other day against Washington State. You're seeing it at almost every game. He's drawing contact, he's playing to contact, but finishing through it and getting to the free throw line. It's incredible. And and the progress he's made speaks not only to his work, but also to the coaching staff and everything they've done with him. Uh, it's it's fun to watch and, and he's a big reason why they are what, one of only three teams in the country with at least ten wins and no losses.
2: Kyle Smith after the game, to Washington State coach, um, you know, when I asked about Gilbert, and if he really knew about him before the game, he's like, I, I knew what I'd seen on film, but, um, you know, big guy, you know, big guard who can who can score. He's like, I didn't realize, you know, all of his offensive skill set. He's like, but he made it really tough on us. Yeah,
1: he's, he's a very good player. And look, and he's not – he wouldn't be doing this if he didn't have a ton of guys around him that can also play and that are also good and that yeah. you know, kind of and, – and, and coaches that let him do what he's going to do, and he's still going to make mistakes here and there. Uh, but – you know, you let him play through that. You let him work through that. And you take the good with uh, – you take the very good with the occasional bad. And, you know, he fits in what he's doing. And, by the way, it's it's that, you know, he wouldn't be able to do this. They wouldn't let him do this if he wasn't doing the work on the defensive end.
2: He's big on the fast break. They had a lot of points on the fast break. They had a lot of points. I think it was 31 points scored on the 22 turnovers. But when he gets out in the open floor, he attacks. I was, I was standing behind him, I think it was second half. And I could see he was at half court, and I could see a, there was kind of a big gap if he's looking forward on the right side of the lane. And he just, like, just from half court, just takes off. Now they, they closed it off defensively, you know. So they did a good job. But, like, his aggression, even from midcourt, he's like, let's go, let's go. Downhill, tilt the court, let's go. Either I'm going to get hit and finish, or I'm going to hit a floater or some kind of crazy layup, or I'm going to get doubled, lob it up to Mooka, find someone. And they withstood a Washington State team that actually, even though they turned it over 22 times, they had a lot of successful ball rotation and some really good skip passes for some threes, and they had 13 threes. So, what are they, 13 to 25, I think, from three. So that's why the, the score was as close as it was. And then the one little bugaboo, got to make free throws at the yeah. end of the game. Yeah, it's true. You know, because Keyshawn Gilbert missed a front end of a one plus one. Was it uh, Vic? Iwako, I think, missed two on a trip, and then Harkless finally made some free throws. but. Washington State went from being down on the regular about you know ten with about five minutes left, to all of a sudden having a chance to tie the game and, and how to force UNLV to make some free throws. It
1: wasn't it? Wasn't it a three point game? And then Jackie Johnson got fouled and missed the
2: first. The yeah. first one? Jackie Johnson shooting eighty two percent of the year. I think they okay. put
1: him in specifically to take the free throws. Yep. Got the ball, got fouled, and then missed the first. Now he made the second to put the game away. But so that's cool. Um, it's yeah, cool yeah, to see. Make some.
2: And now now I'm starting to think because I thought they could lose that game. Um. I I still think they can lose this week. San Fran might be the best team they've played the entire non-con. Southern Illinois is the one that gave them the toughest test. But San Francisco is really good. Um, You know, basically, I I don't know. They bumped up an assistant, right? Is that who they moved in for uh, Golden?
1: Yeah.
2: Right? So they're kind of running the same exact thing. The kid Shabazz is back. Bouye is gone. But they've got other returnees, and they're very good. So that's going to be a test coming up this Saturday. I don't think they'll lose to Southern Miss. So they actually... Like I haven't said it the whole time, they actually do have a chance to go 12 and 0 in the non-con, and now I would finally adjust my over/under win total for the year and go with I'll go 20 and a half now. It was 19 and a half when they were 7 and 0, and I I, I was talking about that on social media, and people were like, "Well, they're not going to make the tournament if they only win 20." I'm like, "I don't know what to tell you. That's what I, you know, that's kind of the range they're in." I still. I still think the Mountain West Conference is going to be incredibly tough. So, I just yeah. – I think what's going to happen is you're going to get Rebel fans who, if they go 12-0 and or 11-1, and you're going to be like, oh, you know, 13-5, and 14-4 in the Mountain West. That would be a hell of an accomplishment if they go, like, 14-4. and Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. So, that's Especially why I would still say teams. 20 wins now um, is realistic. You know, disappointing would be, like, you know, only 17, right? Because then that would mean they'd be right at 500 or under 500. In the conference, but they've done what they needed to do. In the non-con, and they haven't—you know—they haven't beaten anyone great. They've beaten a couple of power five teams. That I, well, I think Washington State will compete a lot better than Minnesota will in the Big Ten. Washington State and the Pac-12 will compete. They'll probably get a little bit healthier. They have a power forward who could come back, maybe soon, from turf toe. And then one of their other really good three-point shooters, Mullins, was out. So they'll be good, but they've done what they needed to do against this schedule, and they're. Like, their consistency on defense, they've, they've had very few, like even four-minute stints where they've played poor defense, where they've had a lot of letdowns.
1: Yeah. No quite. I mean, and the times that they have has usually been when they've been way ahead in some games uh, and had a little bit of a letdown. But, um, yeah, and I think San Diego actually will be okay in the West Coast too. Uh, Dayton will be a lot better once they get healthy uh, in the <laughs> in their, in the A-10. So, uh, they've, they've got – They've got some wins that are going to look a lot better toward the end of the year than they do even now, uh, which is good. And you're right, the Mountain West is going to be difficult, especially because, like, yes, UNLV has far exceeded what a lot of people thought they were going to be, but so has New Mexico, and so has Utah State, and so have a couple other teams in this league that are better than people thought. So the league is way better than anybody expected. Uh, that is going to be a little bit more difficult. Uh, but yeah, close strong, go, you know, fit, going 12 0 in non conference is an accomplishment. No matter who you play, but they actually had a pretty decent non-conference schedule.
2: Coming up next, let's go back to the NFL. And, man, some some heated conversations this morning on uh, the Monday after an NFL Sunday. Uh, broadcasters gone wild. Want the skinny on UNLV
0: football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All-Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All-Access on Twitter. Live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company.
2: You know, there's a reason that we rotate all the company members throughout the week and you get to hear someone different with myself. Well, one, I'm insane, so they don't want to do more than one show. Uh, Two shows straight is very tough, very tough. tough. But um, doing radio shows and TV shows with the same person every day is not as easy as you think. I think we all, we all get along pretty well, right? Um, man, I, there was something going on behind the scenes. There's a backstory to what we heard on the air in both of these cases. First, on ESPN, listen to Dan Orlovsky and Ryan Clark. Orlovsky starts to talk about the Chiefs. He said, you know, after seeing the score, and then I go back and watch the game, because I guess he didn't get to watch it live. I go back and watch the game, and he's like, I was pretty impressed, and then the response from Ryan Clark and where this went was weird.
0: I was very impressed by the Chiefs overall. There are multiple tight end use, they run the football. Patrick played good, except for two dumb decisions or two kind of silly, reckless decisions. What, what you mean? mean? He picked you right up. What, what you mean? Because you
2: have terrible taste. <laughs> so there's 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 no way there's no way you got that right, right? Like, like there, there's no way you walked up to your old lady wherever you
0: met her and you picked her and you shot your shot.
2: So there was a little mumbly part in there. He, Ryan Clark responded to Orlovsky's chief's take by saying, "I think his, I think Orlovsky's wife is Tory. That he just out of nowhere he's like, Tory picked you, right? Like you didn't make that choice. And then he's like, your judgment's horrible. And you're like, what, where is this going to be another Benjamin Watson? Uh, who was a Peter Burns situation on SEC Network where I don't know Peter Burns made a stupid joke about Watson's wife, and then they went off set and settled things and." didn't look like it was settled when they came back out but I'm, I'm watching this I'm like where is Ryan Clark going with this comparing his his the selection of his wife or how they got together with his opinion on the Chiefs if you watch the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday yes. and you say to yourself the, you don't see a problem the, the quarterback has
0: to do everything, everything. everything. The if, if the quarterback is not great this team can't win. They can't cover anybody. And I know they have two rookies on the outside, but Steve Spagnola doesn't help them at all. If
2: Patrick Mahomes is not dang near perfect, the Kansas City Chiefs can't win a Super Bowl. Can't win a Super Bowl. You're as cynical as anyone, and you know you're going to hold back and tell people to pump the brakes? I mean, I think the opinion of the Chiefs is probably somewhere in between. I don't know where the wife take him in. That was just <laughs> weird. What is this Patrick Mahomes has to do everything? Because really what they started breaking down is the defense and the way they play and the fact that they're young on the corners, but Spagnola actually is like, go do it. Right right now, I just I can't imagine judging a team on the way you see them playing defense right now and think that that's absolutely what they're going to do in the playoffs. And the Patrick Mahomes has to do everything. They've got an emerging running game. And I know Kelsey has to get the ball from Mahomes. Is he is he right on this Chiefs judgment? It seemed a it's little just, harsh. Yeah, it, seems a little, it was a little weird. Uh, they like a pre-show meeting and it blow up and then he's like, oh, I'm going to take a shot at his relationship. I'm like, what are you doing? I took that more as maybe he just met her. It
1: was like, uh, you know. It was
2: fresh in the mind.
1: She's great. You know, she was great. You, you outkicked her coverage. I'm going to that. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was, there was too much of that. Um, as far as the Chiefs go, like that's kind of what they've been. And by the way, that's. How the NFL is kind of constructed in terms—if of if you want to pay a quarterback that much, they have to do everything. Like you, there, there's a reason teams with quarterbacks on rookie deals have so much success because you can have all these other pieces. If you're going to pay your quarterback that much money, they kind of do have to do everything on their own. That's that's the way this is structured. That's the way the NFL is set up. So I, like, yeah, he does have to do a lot of it. But the, they're also the Chiefs kind of had a history when they've been successful. Two years ago, uh, in particular, uh, or you know, three when. They, they just kind of experiment with things defensively during the season because they know they're going to be in the playoffs. They know they're going to have home games for the most part. And they're just trying to figure it out. At one point, Clark, you know Clark's like, oh, he's got to get them help. I'm sure he's going to. Yeah. But they're also they're – also, the help is this is where you make your mistakes. Yep. Be
2: better by the playoffs. Yeah. This yeah. is training camp. Fight and survive. Yeah.
1: This is training camp. Get ready. Yeah. Get ready. And if you show throughout the season you can, then they'll figure out and play different defensive – Scheme later.
2: I, the, so I know you took it as a joke. I I was watching Orlovsky, and I think he, he's, he was pretty polite in the situation. That, that could have gone south. Sure. That's gone why south. I think it was just silly. It, it could have gone south really quickly. Didn't, I don't know. Maybe there's something going on with Orlovsky and some of the staff there. Because Stephen A. and Orlovsky, and I, we know so much of the, this, you know, it's it's bit stuff. You're picking opposite sides. Um, but that seemed like a genuine moment. This, this was a genuine moment. Skip and Shannon are talking about tom brady and shannon sharps getting on brady for the way he played yesterday why not and i don't know skip had like had this love affair with tom brady and got like really mad that shannon was disrespecting him and then took a shot at shannon let me talk let me tell you about showing some self-control i was like this is this like i i still believe uh jim everett and and jim rome was kind of fake for the most part because if jim Everett wanted to if you flip a table then you're going to go over and start dropping some punches on the guy, and he just stopped. Like, he was super angry that he flipped the table over, but then he didn't do anything. This this is unscripted. I'm telling you, Shannon Sharp looked so pissed off. Good for him showing self-control, because I, I don't know what Skip was doing here. Still playing at a high level at 45 when you had to stop at 35. Skip, that's what you that's do. That's the point. That's what you do. Every time somebody – I... Let me set this up again. So, basically, Skip, they're having a conversation about Brady, and Skip accuses – Shannon Sharp, of being jealous of Tom Brady. Fire it still playing at a high level at 45 when you had to stop at 35 Skip, that's what you that's do. the point that's what you do every time somebody every time i call
1: something into the question i'm jealous no Skip, i did well, what i never I did. said you
0: were jealous of baker mayfield Skip,
1: i did <sighs> what i did you make it seem like i was a bum i'm in the effing hall of fame okay, i so got what? three super bowls so what? so what he's way better than you were i'm better way than better. you Skip, what? I gotta see what you do you take personal shots no when you, for i do the take personal oh, shots time you time out, started time it time out
0: you would take a personal shot at me.
2: I so didn't I take a personal shot person you. Wait a minute. What
0: are you talking about? You would take a personal shot. Put your glasses back on. Can I finish?
1: You're willing to take a personal shot at me to say this man is better than me because I say he's playing bad
0: this year? Well, because you, you, you just, Go you, ahead. you disrespect him. It's it's just so, it, so it's you, been, just you know part. what, it's beneath your you dignity. You would disrespect me to support no, him. No, well, I'll, I'll support him over anybody because he's the greatest player who ever Have played your it. game and it's by Have far.
2: There was a great line in there. I mean, they were screaming at each other about Skip Bayless saying that someone on a sports talk show disrespected someone, bruh. And then the the high voice in the middle of it, he was losing it. Um, yeah, Shannon Sharp took off his glasses and leaned forward. I was like, "This ain't good." Good for him, keeping control. I don't even. Why would you like? I mean, we all we all do that. We all go back and forth, and sometimes there's personal shot. I don't even what goes through your head where you're like, you don't like Tom Brady because you had a retire at 35. Like that's embarrassing. That's why Shannon Shrub's like, I'm in the Hall of Fame. What are you doing? They just ran out of
1: manufactured arguments, so they just then it got to real. This one.
2: Well, that that also means that it's no, been – it's, it, no, it's, it's, he- it's, it's been heated for a while. No,
1: no, I just think it's skip running out of things, and he's like, I'll do this one now, and Shannon's like, No, you're not. Like, yes, we do fake arguments every day, but not that one. We're not doing that one. That's, and the, I think that's why there was some panic in Skip's voice of, because he's like, we were supposed to do these fake arguments. Why are you getting this real about this? I, I, I feel like that's what it was. He just realized it probably was too far. It was probably a really dumb point. And I don't know, man. He was he
2: was pretty bold when he's like, put on your glasses.
1: Well, why, I don't understand what, like, is he suggesting that Shannon taking off the glasses to fight because he wouldn't have to? He's not going to take a shot back.
2: No, I think he took off the glasses to kind of be like, "All right, not to threaten him, but be like, this is getting serious now." Okay, I'm going to look you in the eye. Don't disrespect me by saying I'm yeah. Well, your eyes, come on, you're ridiculous. You have the smallest eyes; just they're not intimidating.
1: Sure. Nor are mine, but you know. It's true.
2: Is that what we need to do from now on? I take my readers off. You take your glasses off. Like now, it's now it's go time. Coming up, glasses come off on Cofield and Company. It's Not working.
0: Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. You're listening to Cofield and Company live at Twin Peaks.
2: Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away so Adam Hill had a superstar sports weekend covering a bunch of different events. Will you be, actually, you have to make a choice. What's your choice this coming Saturday? Running Rebels or Las Vegas Bowl and then... I suppose you're going to go on to watch the Knights over at the Fortress. What do you do with your uh, the middle part of your day? Unfortunately, I don't have a choice.
1: I'm covering the Las Vegas pool.
2: You are? Yeah. You don't look happy? I'd much rather be at the UNLV basketball game. <laughs> okay.
1: i got a sign to cover the Las Vegas. I'm excited. Oh, I thought you it.
2: said you're going to try to be. I'm like, I don't think that's no. possible. You said you'd much rather be. Okay.
1: I'd much rather be at the basketball game, yes. But, uh, yeah, it's work. I was hoping to go to basketball and then go to – the Las Vegas Bowl to cover that after, and the t- stupid Raiders and Patriots underachieving has affected my weekend. Because they got flexed out of that game. Now I can't go to both games. I don't mean the stupid Raiders. I mean the stupid underachieving.
2: The stupid underachieving. <laughs> By
1: the Raiders and Patriots.
2: You do not write like you speak. No. You would. Ad- <laughs> You write that out and go. That's not going to work. Yeah, but it's out there. It is. You did it. It's out there. Um, while you did all your uh, sports stuff this week, and I watched some sports. I was at events. Um, I also made the decision. I saw you. I was sitting like four feet away from you at the basketball game, and I waved and nothing. Nothing. I never saw you.
1: You were on the end of uh, not the bench, but you were on the last seat on like the what right. would be Gucci row at MGM, and I was right. sitting right next to you. I was like, "Hey," and just went about your business.
2: Were you really? Yeah.
1: Right under the basket.
2: Where, never saw, where never, Washington
1: State was shooting in the second half. Never saw you. Well,
2: yeah. that's weird. Yeah. Because I was bouncing around all over the place. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't have anything to say. I, was just like, I, hey, I might have been a little, uh, like, stunned. Just mentally numb. Not sharp. From Friday night, I've been talking about this with uh, various people on the show. I know you're not a holiday person, so that means you're not a decorate for the holiday person. I have lights and a bunch of inflatables but the final frontier i've talked about this before are the lights that go up to the peak of the garage and you see this in neighborhoods and you're like okay how did that happen now a lot of people hire someone sure as you know will i hire someone no no now for most things i will because i can't do anything but i'm like i will not admit defeat that i can't climb a ladder and get to this peak i don't think it's admitting defeat i think it's what's more efficient use of your time so friday night at i don't know ten forty five at night it's go time okay of course Completely, it doesn't make right? any sense no i'm like i had the schedule was clear and i'm like you know it's time to hang those lights so i pull out the extension ladder okay i'm good with that sure i unfortunately i already watched Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase and you know he has a couple of moments where he's putting up the lights and the extension ladder folds and just drops down. So,
1: Doesn't he knock the ladder into uh, Elaine's house
2: too? He... I think the ladder falls and he shoots like the biggest icicle ever like a rocket through the window right into what was probably a, a beta machine, not a VCR. Sure. It was some sort of hi-fi, you know, whatever. High-tech thing. Yeah, it blows that up. But anyway... So I always have that in my head that the ladder is going to collapse and Fatty's up on the ladder or just fold. But I got over ladder phobia. But then I was like, okay, I don't I I got to a level where I'm like, I can't go to the peak. Like it's freaking me out. So then my next move, my next genius move is, you know what? This garage is not that high and that roof doesn't look that high. I'm going to climb on the roof. So then I, I, it took me a couple of minutes to climb on the roof because once you get up on the top of the ladder, you're like, oh yeah, you know, you see guys go up on the, the roofs all the time. Just climb the ladder and, you know, jump up. So just getting on the roof was a struggle. I, it was 15 seconds on the roof and I looked over and I'm like, uh, reaching over to put up the lights? Nope. Not going to happen. So then I climbed all the way up the peak and all the way down and I'd put another ladder on the other side. I'm like, I'm just getting down. And then I looked over the edge and I'm like, nope, that ladder's too far. So then I climbed back up and climbed back over, and then I just sat there. Like, it felt like a half an hour just sitting on the roof of my house. I just sat there. And just was trying just, to figure out what to do next? Well, it was, you know what? Here's the thing. It wasn't figuring out what to do next. It was when I do something, how am I going to break my back? It was going through every scenario of how I was going to fall. Because I even looked down, and I'm like, I can jump. I'm like, I could do that as a kid. I'll I'm like, nope, you're not going to jump because that's just going to pulverize your legs. You're just going to become dwarf. It doesn't seem like there's
1: any good options.
2: There was no good options. I I don't even know how I'm here. I don't know how I got down. I assumed you just caught a helicopter. I just... I got to a point where I'm like, you just have to do it. And then I clumsily climbed, kind of swung my leg over the ladder, got back down. And the lights look horrendous. They're just in a straight line. They don't go up to the peak. They go to a certain height, and then they're straight across. And then the best part is, I tested them, but then... I get down, they're all hung, and I look, and there's like a strand of like three feet not working. I'm like,
1: I gotta go up again. Did you at least hang the the cords down far enough that you don't have to climb all the way to the roof again? You just pull them down.
2: Oh I'll, yeah, I can I can go up on a ladder and use like a rake. Okay, or I'll go get a grabber. Well,
1: that's smart. You only have to go up once. Yeah, uh,
2: but you're right. Next year, it's it's I gotta pay.
1: I assume the end was gonna be you jumped at some point. No,
2: too old. My Phyllis Diller material that I used earlier on the show. So. The
1: top—I'm trying to think how far that would be. Like eight feet, nine feet, or is it higher? I
2: felt like nine feet.
1: I think you can jump into the grass. There's no grass. That's no, rocks.
2: Um, it's a, I, I, uh, I have a obsession with concrete, so I've just concreted as much as I could. And yeah, it's—it's okay. it's concrete, and then it's Bad rocks, the rocks and dirt. Well, it's a bad idea. I mean, you may have to jump off a roof at some time. You didn't think about the soft I then I, I then I like concrete. Then I almost started hallucinating. I'm like, if there were a trampoline down there, would I jump into that? And I'm like, no, I don't think I would. No, I think I, I'd be afraid of was, like, cracking the, the trampoline. Have,
1: what I was going to say is that you should have had somebody bring a trampoline over yeah. and put it just in the, in the front. Because that's easy.
2: Yeah, everyone just has a trampoline. And drag
1: one over and just jump down into that. I think you could do that. You can pull that off.
2: I should have had the fire department come out. And like form one of those little those little circles like a like a blanket, and I get to jump into that.
1: Yeah, to try to catch you. Yeah. I don't know if that. Or works.
2: or get one of those uh, telephone pole, whatever those are. Sort of to lane. shimmy down. It's, no, like a lane, like a like a like a, a ladder slash crane. Oh, where I get in yeah, the bucket I get in the bucket, bucket, and they bring me down from ten feet, Did and there's it? just and there's just flashing lights everywhere.
1: I mean, you talk about old TV shows all the time. I'll go with one Only because It's my mom's obsession So I've seen this show Didn't Like Beaver From Leave it to Beaver Get stuck in like a uh, A cup of soup Or like a cup of coffee Or something On a billboard Is that right? I think so
2: I might want to see that
1: Yeah how do you get up there? I don't know I just It's like a Common reference I think to To the show Leave it to Beaver
2: I got stuck on the roof For like It was probably 15 minutes It felt like 45 minutes It was probably 15 minutes
1: but it, this was like an eleven o'clock at night?
2: Oh yeah. Eleven thirty. <laughs> okay. Cars are just, neighborhood cars are driving by. I'm just kinda like have leaning slopped. up
1: there. She slept up there. I
2: actually thought about sleeping. Yeah. But I then I was thinking about how to sleep without sliding down. Like could I sleep on the peak with like you know, just folded? Then I, I, I looked at the, the then op- I looked at the windows, I'm like, can I just go in the windows? And I'm like, no, nah, they're pretty secure. I thought about a lot of things up there.
1: Well you couldn't have had you couldn't have had the SO open a window? I
2: didn't have my phone on me. Because I told her that I told her two days later, she's like, "You could have just called me." I'm like, "I didn't bring the phone up there. What are you nuts?" Could have banged on the ceiling. Can you imagine if I did? No, I just banging banging on the windows. Yeah, the master bedroom's in the back of the house. I was at the front of the house, so I just have to bang on windows.
1: Yeah, real loud. That's probably your best bet.
2: Would I do it again? Maybe.
1: But I do like the. It's all the, it's
2: all a warming up process.
1: Because I, when you were telling the story, I thought like logistically you just would not be able to get back on the ladder. But then you said eventually you just got back on the ladder. I did get back on the which ladder. Sounds like and that went, would have been an easy option from the beginning.
2: Uh, oh, climbing up! Well, no, because like like you said, the uh, the roof is nine feet at the bottom of the slope. The peak is like you know twenty, right? Eighteen. So you got to go pretty far up this extension ladder.
1: What a disaster!
2: I'm glad you're okay. And this is why you don't decorate for Christmas. Because something like this could happen to you? I think
1: if, if the show, if we would have got to the two o'clock today, and the show started, we would have been like, "Where's Steve? Somebody would have gone and saved you."
2: Well, I, I think I think the SO would have come out at some point and been like, "Where where is he?"
1: Is that really what you were hoping for? No, no. At I knew, some I, point she came out.
2: No, I knew I was gonna. It was just it's it's just the the phobia you get. You know, you get in these positions and you're like, "What am I gonna do?" And you start thinking of the worst case scenarios.
1: So in the end, you realize why people hire people to do their lights.
2: Yes, yes, and that it is worth the money. Yeah. Cause, cause then sadly after I was unsuccessful in, in hanging the lights the way I wanted to, I actually walked up the street and checked out some other houses that had much better setups and then got really sad again. I was like, ah, I gotta somehow I, maybe I can finagle that one. All right, four o'clock hours on the way from Twin Peaks.